All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Igbra, and joined with me with half of his voice is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just uh, living the dream. Uh, got in a shouting match at the refs on the Monday night football game for the Bills and the Patriots. Um, we won't go there. And we can call it the wind bowl because it was virtually like swirling videos. There's a video out there where Tyler Bass, the kicker of the Bills, was taking warm-up kicks into the wind from like 35 yards out. And the ball would die five feet before the field goal post and like curve hard to the right and drop in the end zone that's how windy it was it was just insanity yeah. it was brutal for yeah for folks to to put it even in more perspective there was i think they said 12 to 15 foot waves on lake erie yeah like it was like it was crazy it was it was pretty wild and i remember uh i actually got out that day just to take the garbage out from work and i usually keep like my like my blinds down while i'm working for the day and i walked outside and i was like how are they gonna have a game tonight and it was just like I think they had what like uh, oh god who's the Patriots quarterback I'm, Mac Jones he threw the ball three yeah, times three times he threw the ball so, three times <laughs> so like in between like commercial breaks he would come off to the side and throw the football to like his teammates and he could hardly get it to him the ball would like dive go hard right left like it was like this guy has no arms power at all like it was kind of crazy to watch like a ten yard throw he was missing his receiver ten yards away from him. It was blowing so hard. Yeah, and if people know football, they know the Bills have no run game, so that was not a fun game to watch. No, and I mean, Josh Allen statistically had a poor night, but he also had the receivers drop eight balls. So he should have been 23 of 30 for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns, but he was 140, 184 for one in 15 of 30. Yeah, so Tough. tough, tough. And he had a huge bomb to Stefan Diggs, like a 60-yard bomb that hit him in the hands, but the wind moved it at, like, the last second you could see it, and it, like, went off his fingertips. I mean, even, like, for the receivers, that's I think it's even more tricky for the receivers than the quarterback. Oh, yeah. It was wild because it was right at me. Literally, the ball was like this in the air as it was coming down the field. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, if he catches this, it's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like trying to cast a dirt bait in the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. or but, a spinnerbait like a spinnerbait's yeah. just as bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, enough about football yeah. uh some some cool news today that we got we all there's two things and first first and foremost we got to give a shout out to our boy mr adam deacon who as of today is making his drive back from lake you alabama from the bassmaster team championship it was not the way he wanted it to go but uh we are proud of him for one just making it down there absolutely and uh you know as everyone knows lake ufall is not an easy place to fish anymore that mm. is for dang sure it seems like it right was now. especially it seemed like for the last two three years it was on an upswing but this year i wonder if like the hurricane at all like one of those hurricanes or those two hurricanes i hit in that area of that like mississippi Louisiana, Alabama area, like messed it up at all. You have no idea. I told I told him, dude, you got to chop down some of those Colorado aspen trees, take them down, and then drop them. By the time tournament day happens, there'll be fish on them. <laughs> yeah, You're probably. Good. Probably. I like, won't tell anybody. You won't get DQ. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But a uh, really cool episode today. We have Mr. Matty Wong on, but uh, we have some order of business 
before we get to our guest today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool piece of business, pretty cool announcement that we get to make. And uh, if you're watching YouTube, you've probably seen it, or even on our social, if you guys aren't paying attention, we've been kind of not really being subtle with it. You know, we've kind of been putting it out there, but it hasn't been formal yet. Uh, and that is we are partnering with Blackfish Gear for the year of 2022 awesome and moving forward. You know, this channel at Serious Angler, this brand that we've built, it's dedicated to everything bass fishing. Like we just, every day we just strive to learn more and more and as much as we can. And obviously to get better at just catching bass, because let's just face it, the bass is the reason that we're here right now. And this mm-hmm. is the reason that you're listening to this right now. And uh, that being said, you know, we can't really, you know, that's something that Blackfish prides their brand on too, is we can't choose the weather. We can't choose what conditions we want to fish in. You know, we have to fish the moment. We have to uh, be prepared regardless of what mother nature and her selfish jerkiness throws at us. But uh, uh, the nice thing about blackfish is it keeps us prepared for that. And we've been thoroughly impressed this past fall. And uh, the nice part is we've gotten off the water and we're not soaked through our rain gear. So it's yeah. uh, it's been nice. It's been a nice change of pace. It's nice to and, be uh, dry. <laughs> it's very nice to be dry. Nice to be warm. And uh, you guys will see some uh, more stuff coming uh, through this brand with blackfish that we're teeping up for this year. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, awesome. especially if you if you're a northern northern kind of guy or your your area is just susceptible to brutal conditions. Storm skin, storm skin. Like th- this is the stuff to get. Um, and obviously, you know that's people say that all the time. But we'll explain more. We'll explain further as we get along. But we're not going to go on for too long about that because our guest is very important today. We are very excited to get him on. And Andy, I think without further ado, yeah, let's get Maddie on let's here. Bring him on here. I'm excited to hear his story. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, good evening, dude. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm stoked. Yeah. How is it over there in in nice old California? Oh, well, it's uh, I got my hoodie on, so it's uh, starting to get chilly, you know? It's It's a brisk brisk 60 degrees. Ooh. Hey, for this kid that grew up in the middle of Pacific, like anything below seventy is like cold. So, <laughs> well, I mean, if you've gone up Mount Haleakala, you would know that it gets pretty cold up there. This is true. Uh, you actually get you'll get snow on the top of uh, Haleakala and Mauna Kea, which is on the Big Island. They actually have snow up there right now, which is crazy. Yeah, they were in a blizzard warning, I think, like two <laughs> yeah, days ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys know the you guys know that uh, movie Good Burger? Yes. Yeah. You know the scene where he's like, I know some of these words. Like, I, I'm probably going to feel that way a lot tonight when you talk about Hawaii because I just have no idea what these words mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Volcanoes. Well, so, they're, they're, so Haleakala, and this is a fun, uh, uh, it basically is one of the tallest mountains on Maui. Uh, Hale is housed in Hawaiian. Akala, um, Kala is the sun. Um, and so Haleakala, House of the Sun, and uh, Mauna Kea, uh, Mauna is the mountain, Kea, I'm, again, I, I, I didn't, I don't know how to, so I can't speak the language, <laughs> um, but I, I know a, a little bit, very little. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, that dialect, that and Scottish is like the coolest dialects to ever like listen to. Like I could listen to it all day long. <laughs> Hawaiian I mean Hawaiian is like such a beautiful language like the way that it was spoken back um, like pre-contact Hawaiian days was like 
it, it was so poetic um, the way that they spoke to each other. It's like, oh, I regard to you like the highest blossom of the tree. And it's like, wait, what? Like, imagine if we spoke like that like today. <laughs> it's like the like, best that you caught was like greater than the size of the earth. <laughs> I just wow. like you ridiculous. But, this guy's on drugs. <laughs> yeah, like, what is he smoking? But like pigeon English is like what I grew up speaking uh, or one of like so pigeon is basically creole english that was um put together by all the different uh migrant uh workers um on like sugarcane fields uh so everyone came from like whether it was china japan uh vietnam the philippines uh samoa um everyone still has to communicate in a way and so you have like this mix uh, and I like Hawaii is like a melting pot of ethnicities, but you have this mixed like language and different ways of, of, of communicating to people. So it's pretty funny when I speak pigeon with my friends or I'm on the phone or if I have a couple too many beers and I start talking to my buddies from Hawaii, I like instantly t- switches in. I'm like, Oh bro, how's it? Where you stay? And then <laughs> like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry. Let me translate. Hi, how are you? Where are you at right now? <laughs> Let me go into my Siri voice. Yeah. So yeah, for folks tuning in, whether on YouTube or MP3, if you guys have not picked it up already, you guys are talking to the first ever Hawaii-born Bassmaster Elite Series Pro. So, uh, dude, I know you've been on a few shows, and I know you've had some time to really, you know, take it in. But seriously, congratulations on one the championship, and two making the dang Bassmaster Elite Series and being the first one from Hawaii, born Hawaii, to do it. That's pretty badass. Thanks, Bailey. Awesome. I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, I, it's funny. I just learned uh, recently that Jay Ellis was born. I don't know where he was born, but like he moved away when he was a kid. But he was born, I think, on Oahu, too. But like oh. he doesn't he wasn't like he moved away as like a young kid. So he didn't grow up there. Um, and so for me, like to have. Like we're born to, and to raised and like born and raised in Hawaii because it's very much a part of who I am. Uh, it's very much like it, it's my identity. Um, you know, growing up surfing in Hawaii, free diving, spear fishing, ocean fishing, um, and, uh, and, and bass fishing. Uh, and that's kind of like where the love of the sport all began. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, man. Um, it means a lot. I'm so, so incredibly humbled uh, to be like the first <laughs> in, that, in that way and yeah. i'm stoked because it you know what is it? it 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 inspires like a new generation of kids that you know think that you know wow it is possible and then something when i was a kid it, until i got away until i moved to california was able to make it a reality but this just the that it is it's still possible and there's still a way to like to get it done um by the acts of god and or however right. uh, but like uh yeah i'm here and it's crazy man so so yeah dude you started to get into kind of like your your upbringing and that's really where i wanted to to start this is yeah one that i'm really curious about uh and that's you know how'd you even get into bass fishing in the first place because like i told you and we semi joked offline it was like i didn't know that there was bass on hawaii i've heard rumors but i wanted to ask yeah. you if that was true and you confirmed it so I, I'm really curious how you got your start, how you got introduced to it, and who introduced it, like the whole nine yards on how that start will yeah, start for you. For sure. Well, I mean, it it all started when I was oh man, I I must have been like two years old. I I, I was still in diapers basically. Uh, I 
I would go down uh, to the to the lake, Lake Wilson in Wahiwa on the island of Oahu with my dad. And my dad would hold on to a bamboo pole and I would I would hold on to his pant leg, you know, because as we were right down at the water's edge and he would catch a tilapia like he would hook a tilapia and then he would hand me the rod. And I would hold on to the rod and then then pull it in and then just be so so enamored by like, you know, by a tilapia. So it started with like basically a panfish, you know, and I was like so stoked by catching these little tilapia. And so the older that I got, you know, by the time I was four, I was already throwing a spinning rod. You know, I have photos of me throwing like my original like golden like pen, uh, pen reel and and whatnot. And and it, it i got more and more fascinated anytime i look at a body of water i was always like oh is there fish in it and can i fish it and and so it wasn't until i was about six i want to say that i went out with my my dad's uh it was actually our barber uh this guy named lance and he uh he had a bass boat he had a tracker um and he took me out and there was it was cool because we would, he took me out and we caught peacock bass. And I remember, I think he was, they, they must've been on a bed. Cause like, he was like, here, check this out. <laughs> like swings on like a, it must've been like a, probably a two pound toucanary or a three pound toucanary, but I thought it was a giant, right? Massive when you're a little kid. I don't even know there's peacock bass in Hawaii either. Yeah. So I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> Hawaii and Florida are the two places in, in, in the States that actually have peacock bass. Uh, because uh, the temperatures don't get really don't fluctuate too much um and so it started with a peacock bass and uh, we also have a largemouth bass there too but my um my dad went to school my dad went to college out in california where his uh, another one of his good friends was obsessed with bass fishing then getting my dad into it um, my dad, you know, grew up in Hawaii, uh, grew up fishing, grew up saltwater fishing, but also when he came back from California, developed this love for bass fishing. And so I remember like he had tackle boxes and trays versus of like man's worms. And, uh, and, and I was watching like Roland Martin and Bill dance on VHS, like in the nineties, like, I was, I was so stoked just to watch like, wow this is so cool. Like what, like these guys have their own show and, and, and whatnot and just obsessed by it. But really it, it my, uh, my dad's good buddy, um, uncle Bob, uh, who, um, was kind of like my bass guru. So it was like my, my uncle Lance in Hawaii. That was like the local, like local, uh, Japanese, uh, barber, uh, who was like the, the local stick, uh, on Lake Wilson to my uncle Bob, who grew up uh, or that was living up in Roseville, Sacramento and fished Folsom all the time. My uncle Bob actually sent me a pack of zoom flukes and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, this is like a trippy looking bait. Like, what do I do with this thing? He's like, Texas rig it. And because like I had like a, uh, a membership to Bassmaster, I like, I know, okay, I know how to Texas rig. And so I Texas rigged it and started like, pit, like learning how to pitch it around. By the time I was like eight or nine, my dad had a Daiwa uh, bait caster and it was a, a right-handed bait caster. And so I, I taught myself in the yard how to throw a bait caster, like aiming at like, um, like cans and stuff like that and just trying not to backlash. And so um, basically until 
I would say uh, I would visit my uncle Bob whenever we would go out to California um, every couple of years or so. And uh, I think it was, I was like 13 or 14 when we went to visit him and we were fishing up in NorCal and we were on this lake and it was like my first time seeing a big large mouth. Um, and he's like, all right, you can catch it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's on a bed. And I'm like, I've never seen a large mouth on a bed. I've always seen, Two canary on a bed, and unlike largemouth or and, and smallmouth, um, the 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 male actually pulls off while the female guards. And I, I know largemouth, like the the female can guard too in some situations and whatnot. But like predominantly a peacock bass, the 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 male actually pulls off, and the female, the smaller of the of the species, will actually pull up and guard the nest. And the bigger male. They're usually the ones that you see with the big hump on the forehead uh, will pull off and guard. And so for me to see this like five pound largemouth sitting on a tire and just keeps running back to it. And so I find I catch my first five pounder, basically what I'm trying to say on a jig. And I was like so stoked. And um, and yeah. And so that's basically kind of the like how I got caught in with bass fishing in itself, you know. Um, but I would also go to like. You know, we we had this incredible fishery, and this is a fun one to say. There was a lake called Ho'omalahia, and Ho'omalahia is a botanical garden. Um, And it was basically, it's a dam spillway to prevent uh, flooding in this one area on the east side of Oahu. And there was the load of smallmouth bass in there, Um, like tons. And I remember I was, I must've been like nine or 10 and we were, our family, we would go to Ho'omalahia to go and camp. And I remember telling my brother, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to bring a couple rods in. We're going to like go in right at sunset and just see if there's anything in there. And I had a black spinner bait from um, uncle Bob or something like that. And I just walked down and like threw it in dude. First cast, I get smoked by like a three pound smallmouth. And what? my eyes is like, boom, like, oh my this gosh. Is this is Hawaii you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. this is Hawaii, man. And I have like, not gone here yet. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, this is insane. And I, we, my brother and I proceeded to catch like over 15 different, like, and small, like back to back to back to back to back, all from this like little bank. And that became like the secret little pond. Um, and that was, that basically like really, really set the hook into me deep. Cause I'm like, oh man, I became like a, I became a, a volunteer ranger at Ho'omalahia. So I had like, cause you can only fish from a certain area, but I'm like, well, if I'm a volunteer ranger, I think I can still like get away with it. So like other people come down like, hey, you're not supposed to fish here. I'm like, like Wayne's yeah. world. Like, yeah. <laughs> Flash the FBI oh, badge. Yeah. Yeah. Flash the badge. And I'm like, dude, I'm good. They're like, okay. Um, so what ended up happening was this guy, his name's Canute and he was from London. I, he, I, he passed away now, but he, he petitioned the state to remove the smallmouth because they would have these kid fishing days and the small, they were trying to target tilapia for the kids with bamboo poles. And every time a kid would hook a tilapia on a bamboo pole, a smallie would come in and smoke the tilapia and just like, <laughs> just snap them off. That's and I'm amazing. like, why why take them out but and you can just get these kids catching smallmouth 
like, and I was a kid saying this, you know, I was a, like a, a pre, like an early teenager, preteen trying to like petition against this old man who's have like, you know, his whole life experience of being the Canute great. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, like, don't take these things out. This is incredible. I almost caught the state record in here like two weeks ago, which was like a four and a quarter. I literally wow. missed the state record when I was 14 by like ounces. That's insane. And um, now it's five pounds and it's, caught on Kauai or something like that but like it's that was really uh, and so long story short they wiped out that fishery uh whole wow. malahia doesn't have any small mouth in it anymore it got overrun by red devil cichlids um and then a couple of my buddies threw in some peacock bass so now there's peacocks in there <laughs> they're but, just destroying the red bellies yeah exactly and they're and they're whatever they're, they're like toning down that that population but it, my small mouth heaven uh kind of disappeared but there's still smallmouth there. There's such a like, like true born killers, you know, smallies, and uh, and they've they've made their way into the streams, um, which is you know it's not the best for endemic creatures like the owopu, which is a little mud skipper and whatnot. But <laughs> for anglers like ourselves, <laughs> it's pretty cool because you could be in the the rainforest and fishing for smallmouth bass in really really tiny water and it's so much fun like light light line spinning rods oh it's great so it's, i heard Kauai has some giants in it and those like white water so because well, they have a lot of white water rafting streams in Kauai, and i believe that's where the smallies are too correct yeah 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 that's there's so cool. there's smallmouth all over so yeah i would say Kauai and oahu are the two main places that have bass uh maui doesn't have bass big island doesn't have bass uh, molokai doesn't have bass uh but you know and it's neat because there's you know there's this uh kid named cash out of Kauai. he just he just um he just made a tournament uh through qualifying online it's just cool that these kids now that have like these ability to do online fishing contests mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter where you are and you can still like submit and then be able to compete um and so he like traveled across the country and and was able to compete in his first tournament it's so funny because he's like surrounded by guys that have like jerseys and stuff that are like you know middle school and high school kids and and little cash had his like slippers on and <laughs> a hoodie um but you know it's, it's cool because i do see like a new generation of kids in hawaii that are really like love love fishing and love bass fishing uh so that's something awesome. that you know, it's cool that I, the more that I can kind of share about that and, and the fishery in Hawaii, I think the more attention it can get um, and and uh, hopefully more funding and, and whatnot. But, Protect yeah. the smallmouth. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's tough because you have like, you know, you have environmentalists that want to clear them out of certain streams. And I, I and I get it, too, you know, because there it is a finite resource. Um, but like dump them into Lake Wilson where you already have largemouth bass and, and, and smallies as well. So. Um, there's a couple of different things that some of the guys uh, back home, uh, like the Hawaii Freshwater Fishing Association, uh, HFFA, uh, are working together. And they also have a breeding program um, for largemouth, and they, they release largemouth and whatnot uh, in Lake Wilson. So That's pretty yeah. cool. That's, that's part of one of my next questions was, what kind of resources do you even have in Hawaii from like a, not just a, a, like a wildlife or a fishing game, but like a, um, like a tournament resource in Hawaii like is there any sort of like path that people can kind of take um right now no um they have a local like I said HFFA runs their local derbs 
um, which is awesome because, you know, even when I was a kid, you know, it's just something they just never had. Um, and now there's, I think they have, you know, like 15 members or something like that. But the predominant species that you catch are peacock bass. And when people are like, you know, largemouth fishermen from across the state will be like, oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii and then smash it. I'm going to go catch, I'm going to go target Hawaiian largemouth. And you're like, I'm like, good luck, dude. Like they are tricky. They are the, they are the unicorn to catch. Uh, hmm. You'll go out and you'll, you'll catch, you know, five to 10 peacock bass and you won't see a single largemouth all day. Um, and uh, yeah, and you'll go in, you'll flip the stuff that looks good. You'll crank the stuff that looks good and you'll catch peacock bass. And then. If you get lucky, you'll come across this one random green bush and flip in there and stick a two-pound largemouth. And you're like, yes! <laughs> Haven't winning. seen one of you. Yeah, the winning! <laughs> um, and, and so the thing is, is with Bass Nation, they the way you qualify in is through catching largemouth bass. And so I think it'd be cool to make an exception in, of the rules so at least people in Hawaii can at least qualify through the Bass Nation. Um and I, I honestly think like as long as you like weigh a fish while you have a qualifier and even if it's a peacock, it's, you know, it's still the same techniques that are being employed. Um, I, 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 I just think that that should be like a, a, an equal. But yeah, that's why I fished the California Bass Nation where my whole second journey of my 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 obsession began um, when I came out to California. Yeah. I'd like to get into that is like, how did, one, how did you get into tournament fishing in the first place? And then where did that lead you to get to where you're at now? Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's funny cause being, you know, this digital age that we're in now, everything is on online, everything's the interwebs. And so I went on to the good old Google and I typed in like, uh how to start <laughs> tournament bass fishing like as as simple as it sounded like how do i start tournament bass fishing in california and one of my buddies who was working with in the photo industry in los angeles was like look man like this is how i did it and i'm like okay i'm i'm all ears because i'm just trying to learn i i'm i i got my uncle bob's boat after he passed in 2016 um and uh you know long story short he, he ended up getting a a, a cancerous brain tumor and passed mm -hmm. away within like six months. And it was, it was pretty tragic. Um, but with, you know, with every type of like negative thing or, or unfortunate things, I should say, will sometimes come a hidden positive. And uh, through that, I was able to get my uncle Bob's boat. And that was a dream come true for me. I've always wanted to have my own bass boat. Like I was the kid that had his, like that would fill up the tub and, and like only put like a little bit of water in there. So there was, it looked like a ramp and I would play with like a bass pro shop, like bass boat and truck. <laughs> and like that, I've always fascinated by it because in Hawaii, the, the most of the boats that you ever see are ocean boats, like deep V um, like, like cab, like cutty cab boats or, you know, even flat, flat bottom boats that you go on the flats with, but you don't see like these big horsepower motors with like carpeted decks just because the salt would just eat everything away. And so it was, just, it was just something that was always fascinating to me. So when I finally like was able to get the boat um, and I started putting on time on the California Delta and, and really starting to like work on the craft, like how do I maneuver, like how do I like boat positioning, like, like driving like a faster boat and like all, all these different things. Um, my friend was like, Hey, I joined a bass club and I started doing, local like bass club derbs 
And I'm like, okay, like, what is it? Well, you pay the dues of a local club, and then you just fish against the guys at, like, whatever A, B, or C lake. I'm like, dude, that sounds awesome. Like, I'm super down. And so I, the Google search, like, you know, nearest bass club in California, and the Ventura County Bass Club popped up, and they were an hour north when I was living uh, in Los Angeles at the time. And I reached out to them and they're like, sure. Yeah. We were actually Bass Nation associ uh, associated, associated. And um, we would love to have you like, you have a boat. I'm like, yep. They're like, come on in. And my first uh, derby with them as a guest was off uh, the, my home lake at the time, which was Castaic. And, uh, and I ended up winning it. And I all these guys were, that. they were like, wait, <laughs> wait, who's this kid? <laughs> who's, this, who's this kid from what, like, you know, like, what's this, like, this Matty Wong kid? Um, and so that, that gave me the confidence to, you know, like, hey, I can actually, like, hang out with these guys that have been tournament fishing for years. Uh, and that was something that, you know, it, it was always something in the back of my mind that I wanted to do as a kid because I'd always watch, you know, the classic and stuff mm -hmm. like that on TV. Um, and uh, And so – from there, I, I realized, okay, I'm going to start doing the club thing. I, I enjoy it. Start like learning different techniques. You know, I never sea rigged ever until like literally 20, 2018 was the first time I threw a sea rig. Cause in Hawaii we would throw a sea rig, but we throw it differently and we call it a whipping setup because you throw it mid column and you throw it for uh, like um, a small uh, trevally or papillo, we call them if they're under 10 pounds. And so you actually fish it mid to upper water column. So I've never like the, the concept of, of dragging a, a Carolina rig on the ground, like never even like, uh, and then, so when I found out about it, I was like, Oh, that's like a whipping setup. Oh, that's kind of funny. And so this will also give people like ideas too. Yeah. This, yeah. My brain's yeah. churning. I want you to elaborate yeah. on that for yeah. me. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, so the same thing. So, I mean, uh, for instance, when we're, when you're fishing for, uh, there's a, a fish called Akule. And it's a goggle eye uh, scad or something like that. Um, and it's a saltwater fish. You actually whip with a half ounce lead um, to, you know, I think 12 pound test mainline. And then your leader is 15 feet long. So like two or three arm lengths of five to uh, four, four to six pound test. And so oh you use gosh. a seven foot rod and you, you do a half, like a like a roll cast out just to get your leader out and then once it's out you keep your rod tip in front of you and you basically what you do is when you you draw a line as you're pulling your your rod tip in and then you go up and over and you and you cast right over oh, your like shoulder a like a fly like, like kind of like a fly like yeah, almost like a spade cast in a spade way cast, yep yeah so it's kind of similar concept so you're you the way it's all you, rod loading it's all rod loading and the way that you're yeah a couple times you'll like get whacked by your own fly and whatnot but like once you kind of get the, the the technique down you can get you know pretty good at it and what happens is as the lead is going through the school it's hitting you can actually feel the lead like hitting the fish as it's going through the school it's kind of like when you're going through a ball of shad you're like oh my god yeah i'm in the shad right now same thing you can feel the lead and what it's doing is parting the school oh parting the school and then when the school comes back together this little fly is coming through the school uninterrupted and then snacked on and it's all upper water column. And so I learned like how to count down 
like that way. So a lot of the techniques that I've learned or now that I, I, I see can transfer into bass fishing for me, I've learned in the salt. And then I've also, then or, and then I've learned how to perfect in, in the freshwater or learn how to like use different techniques. It's like, there's even like a certain technique that I don't see anyone doing in freshwater. And it's the funniest thing because it makes so much sense, but it's like just certain things that you just wouldn't put the, you just want to put two to two together. And like, it, like for instance, I'm going to give up the juice because uh, this is what podcasts are about, right? Sharing. Yeah. I was going to say, if he's not going to tell me, I'm going to lose my mind tonight. <laughs> he's gonna be staring at the ceiling, like watching I, the movie. Bailey's got like his pen. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I'll be studying the Hawaiian saltwater for the rest of my life just to figure out what it is. There's so, there's so much nuances in saltwater fishing and especially inshore game fishing in Hawaiian, if in mm-hmm. Hawaii and Hawaiian uh, saltwater fishing that you that a lot of people can learn from. And there's incredible fishermen and fisherwomen that that are that are in Hawaii that are just they don't have access to you know a lot of different things. So what I'm saying is, so we whip with this thing like if the conditions are windy or whatnot. Um, it's a bubble float. And I know some people use it, you know, for like float and fly or whatever, like they'll use like a float and fly or, or, or uh, in other instances, just different, different techniques, but you basically set it up like a Carolina rig again, but the float, the float, you can actually fill up partially with water. So it has weight. And if you're utilizing that Mm. and a fly, you can immolate, shad getting busted on and i'll promise you there's very 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 few guys in bass fishing that are utilizing this technique excuse me while i write this down <laughs> but it, i mean it's again there's there's and there's a few of these things and i'll give you guys one so that's that that's that's the that's the gem that, that i'll drop um but it, it, it allows you to one get a really 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 far cast because mm-hmm. you're not utilizing like the weight of a lead or anything like that it's the weight of the water and then from there it's all about the cadence and retrieve and depending on the uh, the type of fish that you're targeting yeah it's not going to have the darting spook action uh, of a zara spook or like a, a levante like a, a, a mega dog or something like that uh, but it's a different type of action that I guess the fish really also don't see that often too. Uh, there's and so there's a bunch of different techniques like that that I that I use and grew up in using in Hawaii that I also don't see a lot of guys using in the salt or in the in the in in freshwater. So you're saying you've caught fish on them already in freshwater? Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe uh, silence is the is the answer. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Dude, it, it, wicked cool. It works. It works. And, and, and a lot of tackle shops don't even carry it because they would be like, you can't use that to catch bass. And that's the best thing about bass fishing, right? There's no rules. Yeah. It's true. And, that's true. And I think as soon as someone says that, like, no, you can't catch this on the – like, uh, my buddy Oliver and I was on my uh, Mike Iconelli's show recently, and he said, um, you know, any don't don't trust anyone who speaks in absolutes. And like, I'm also a firm believer in that. And it's funny, like, because it's true, man. Anyone who says, dude, now nah, the fish aren't going to bite that. Be- why? Oh, it's sunny out. Like, ugh. you know, like yeah. K Pink talks about one of his favorite cranking situations is like post frontal bluebird skies. Like, yeah. how do you think I, how do you think I, I won 
Louisiana. Cranking. Cranking. Yeah, it it's like crazy. people saying it's got to be cloudy and windy to get a good topwater bite when some of my best days are no wind whatsoever and sun as high as can be. It's like calm, bright blue skies, post-frontal. Like, yeah. There's no, absolute, no like, absolutes. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about fishing. They don't read books. Everyone wants to think that they do. But right. it's at the end of the day, it boils down to time on the water and it boils down to how much are you connected with that body of water and that species that you're chasing. And keeping and, things honest. And keeping things honest. Because you'll never know. Like you said, like you you you'll have no clue. You'll fish the whole you'll fish practice and you'll be throwing a chatterbait, whatever. And and they're like, Yeah, I'm not getting bit. I guess they're not eating the chatterbait. And then game day, you're like, Oh, this looks kind of chatterbaity. You like thrip it up there, get smoked by a chatterbait, you know? It's keeping things honest, always keeping your mind open and 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 understanding what you're you're targeting. I, another thing that really helped me growing up and understanding that fish have different personalities um, was free diving. I spent a lot of time free diving and spearfishing. And um, I would back before I, I've, I've injured myself, uh, like in my sinuses, try to free dive deep uh, during a cold. And so I, I'm not able to go deep consistently now uh, but before when i was younger i could hunt in 60 feet and uh oh being able to hunt effectively in, in 60 feet is you know it's it's a thing you get to see certain things that most people that are only diving 15 to 30 feet won't ever see and it's the same thing so for my friends that dive in 100 feet they'll see stuff that i like i'm like the deepest i've ever been is 80 feet and i thought that that was plenty deep and I have friends that like hunt in like 100, 115 with like wow. breath holds of close to four, four <laughs> minutes. Yeah. That's insane. But you, but you learn um, about fish behavior and certain certain things. It's just really unique. Like I, I know like a Roy or they call it a peacock grouper. They're inquisitive. They're, they're so curious of what you are, what you're doing, that as soon as you make yourself present to them and you see one, you hide yourself instantly. Because you know that Roy's going to come right around the corner trying to find you. He's like, like a smallmouth looking for a crawfish. Like a smallmouth looking for a craw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but there's so many, you know, you have those. Yeah. That's cool. You're like, like that, that, for instance, it's like there's all these little different things that that uh, that, that can help you um, at least understand. And, and, and I, I'm the first person to say I, I definitely I have a lot to learn about bass fishing and, and the sport. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited and I'm, I'm, I'm especially excited to learn from all my new fellow competitors on the elite series and the way that they like approach and break down water. Like I'm, I'm a sponge when it comes to fishing. It's like the one thing like throughout my whole life I've been so passionate about. And so whenever anyone like you guys sells, man, like we love fishing, anyone mm -hmm. who's so passionate in it that they live and breathe it. And that's, that's their life. Like, I'm like, do we just become best friends? You know? <laughs> it's and it's so hard because when people like I like to fish and I'm like, oh yeah, really? And I'll, like I'll ask them one question and then they're and they're like, yeah, you know, I I, I love to um you know use a you know a mealworm and a bobber every three weeks <laughs> with power, like you know like or power power bait. And I, I'm not knocking people that use like mealworms and bobbers if anyone's like tuning in yeah. and doing that, but like because you got to start somewhere. But I'm saying, like, as soon as someone's like, dude, you want to see my tackle wall? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm just sitting here. I got spark sheds in front of me. Like, 
Dude, it's twi- it's twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, so, it's awesome. Do you Fly know stuff? I love it, dude. That's so good. Do you know Rob Matsura by chance? I do know. I do know Rob. Yeah, I've you I, guys never met in person, but we've we've been like social media buddies for you know a couple of years now. You will have a blast when you guys come up north to St. Lawrence River. I don't know yeah. if you ever fished it before. But nope. Rob like has this thing every summer where he gets like his own island. He but like stays on it for like a month and he free dives with smallmouth on the St. Lawrence River. I seen that. I was like, bro, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> you I'm yeah, so you in. said that, and that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, this guy's gonna be great friends with Rob. And yeah. Rob in person is one of, is one of the coolest dudes, one of the nicest dudes I've met. He's he's a goof too. Like you, you'll enjoy awesome. him. You guys will have to connect because one yeah. that'd be I think that you guys will be great friends just from what I've been hearing. But two. Yeah. Like the content you guys could create together would be oh, wicked dude. cool. Yeah, uh, no, dude, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Rad. But uh, but dude, I want to backtrack for a second because you said yeah, something sure. that kind of like kind of got my ears perked. And yeah, you mentioned how much you know, like what you're throwing, what techniques you're choosing is like how much you're connecting with that lake. And is there like a process you have maybe mentally or like when you're going into a, a brand new body of water that you've never been to that you kind uh-huh. of like a step process that you have to kind of like quote, quote unquote, you know, connect to that lake. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the first things first, right. When you, you get to the water, like I, I'll look at the, I'll look at my meter obviously and see like what's the actual temperature, but I, I'll put my hand on the water, um, see what the, what the clarity looks like. I mean, just like anyone else, like you go to a, a, a new, lake. what do you, the first thing you, you, you immediately see as a human is, Oh, what's the water clarity? What are the conditions? Um, I knew, well, I guess to give an example, let's just use Louisiana for an example. This is my first time there ever to uh, Ouachita. And um, as much research as you can do online, because there's not that much content um, on that body of water. Uh, and so I knew that I like want to, I, I even try to research like what kind of forage and stuff like that. Like I try to like, what, what are the, what are the food sources? What are the proteins that these fish are feeding on in this body of water? What, what's, what is the time of the year that I'm going into this thing? So yeah, I do my homework obviously on, on the, the, the pre end. But when I get there, I touch the water, see what, what's the, what's the temperature, you know, uh, uh, with, <laughs> with my dinosaur graphs, um like literally see just whatever kind of hints that i can get um and uh and depending on you know and and through the like one the internet through learning from guys on uh, from the club uh learning from you know all there's there's so much information now that mm-hmm. if you really sit down and take the time to weed through it there's a lot of crap out there too and a lot of people that like talk some crazy stuff but even the guys that are talking crazy stuff will say like a little gem once in a while that you're like dude that was gold man thank you for that and i'm i'm not gonna listen to the rest of this but that was gold you know <laughs> but i'll keep that you, one yeah. yeah like you you pick and choose obviously what you want to listen to and what you dive into <clears throat> but that you know for me like we had one lake in hawaii like Lake Wilson, and that was it. But when I got to what I try to do, I, and I've, I'm very grateful because I've been able to kind of travel ar- around a little bit 
um, with my job uh, prior to being Elite Series Pro. Oh, sounds so cool. Um, I was a fanboy. I was a photographer, and I would travel around the world, basically, um, whether I was shooting myself or I would be lighting for other photographers. And I would always try to like, what? Is that Jamie Foxx? <laughs> yeah, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I do want to hear about that. That'd be, that'd be really cool to hear about how that started. Oh, oh dude, I can bore you with celebrity stories. Um, is that a, was that a part of Capture Fish? No, that that's that was part of my. Uh, that's just part. Of, that was part of my career. Just L.A. connections. Yeah, that was. I actually lit a campaign for MGM Grand, and uh, oh, and, and Jamie Foxx was the was our talent for the day. And and he came out. It was so funny. You thought like some of these guys, you think that they're gonna come out like playing rap music with their entourage or like you know doing whatever. And he's like, um, "Yo, yo, play that Gautier song." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And he's like, "Somebody." Gautier song. Yo, dude, what? What? I'm like, I can. He's just living. He's just vibing and living. Exactly, and that's can't be mad at that. I'm such a huge Jamie Foxx fan. Like it's ridiculous. Like the way he holds himself, he's such a professional. The way he treats everyone, he's hilarious. He knows how to like. He knows how to move. He's like he's what they call the triple threat, right? Yeah. And he's he's the man. Like Jamie Foxx is the man. Yeah. And he was super cool. I got to work with him a couple times. Um, but yeah, I definitely can't say that about most of the people that I worked with in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but I, I believe mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's backtrack. That. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get you too off tracks. So I apologize for that, but I'm just very no, no, curious from Capture Fish, like how that started and like what, uh, what was the motivation behind it and what did it lead into for you? For sure. Um, so when I was working in the, in the, in the photo industry, um, you know, I have a lot of close friends that also live in that, that grew up in Hawaii that moved to LA and we may remain close friends. And, Whenever I'd, I'd post like a picture on me of me like holding a bass, uh, they're like sweet fish pick, bro. Like take it to two, and they're like they would just keep jabbing at me, like telling me like you know like yo take take it to two, take it to channel two, bro. And I'm like whatever, bro. Like this is like I love this, and so it, it basically it came to a point where I'm like you know what I have enough people that and for me it was like a hundred people or something like that that I was like I know that hundred people that are following me like love my fishing stuff. And so I wanted to create something one that I can just be unapologetically myself and uh, not get hazed by my other buddies who don't really like fishing. Um, but then I also noticed that there's a, a, a kind of a gap in the fishing industry where, you know, high quality images of baits and fish don't really there's a there's a couple people i don't want to say that it doesn't really exist but there's a couple people that know how to do it but a majority and a lot of the main big companies don't really have great marketing images mm-hmm. um and for me i wanted to create a content suite where companies can come and get high level professional photography um whether it's a bait or if it's a bass or if it's like movement of water or a landscape and, and be able to have this high end professional experience. Um, and that's what kind of led me to the second part, which was 
another dream of mine as a kid was I always wanted to have my own fishing show. Like my whole life. Like there was a guy named Mike Sakamoto who had a, a show in Hawaii called Fishing Tales. And every single Sunday I would watch Fishing Tales with my dad. So we'd watch the rerun of the Roland Martin or the Bill Dance and the VHS. And then here it goes, like Mike Sakamoto would pop on and he would have like a new adventure for the week. And I was so taken aside by like, wow, this guy gets to travel around and fish for a living and, you know, be on TV. This is so cool. And my mom even told me recently, she's like, yeah, I remember you talking about this when you're eight years old, like how you wanted to have your own fishing show, like Mike Sakamoto. And so for me, I, I even like, I, I made a pitch to the local station when I was 21. I was like, look, it's going to be a traveling fishing show, kind of like fishing tales, but a whole different spin on it. Da, 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 da. And they're like, great. We love it. And I'm like, wait, what you guys, you guys really <laughs> want to pick it up. Uh, and they were like, they're all for it. And, and, and then moment I was like, man, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this because I was able to, you know, it was too easily accomplished. And I, and I felt like I was so young that no one won. No one was going to listen to me because they're like, who's this kid? One, two, like what, what experience does he really have? And so I they shelved it. They called your bluff. Yeah, they did. And then I was like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I love fishing, but I don't also know how to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, right. And so one of my other buddies who's an actor in Los Angeles was like, Hey man, um, why don't you just start a YouTube and why don't you just start doing it? Because there's no way that you're going to have this polished product of a fishing show if you don't start it. And the hardest part for anyone to do anything that they've always wanted to do and are nervous about it, like nervous about what people think, nervous about like, how is it going to turn out? is putting it out there because the fear of our own like insecurities of like people like, Oh dude, that's trash or like whatever like that. And you know, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys even went through a similar like thing with doing a podcast, like, you know, it, ever, I feel like everyone has their own, like uh, th- their own steps and going through it where you have, you have to battle this thing. And, and so my buddy Ido uh, was like, mate, he, <laughs> he's from London. He's like, mate, he's like, just put it on, the YouTube and it will get better. And, uh, and I'm like, he's like, it's not going to be perfect. Just put it on the YouTube and it'll get better. I'm like, oh, you know, you're right. <laughs> it gets better, dude. I can give you an Aussie accent all day, mate. <laughs> oh my God. That's gold. <laughs> oh dude. Oh yeah. It. Don't get me started, dude. Don't get me started. But, <laughs> but no, that's so true though. It, it really is. Like even from the podcast standpoint, like when I first started, even probably maybe the first year, I was just like, I was just talking fish. I had no idea what I was doing. I probably sound like an idiot to most. And especially from a, the YouTube standpoint too, like I think the hardest part for some people is talking by themselves to a camera or to try mm-hmm. to like lay out a story. Mm-hmm. And like, and I don't think the hardest part is talking to the camera. I think it's, the other side of who's going to see that mm-hmm. and what they're going to think of, Hey, you're talking by yourself to a camera and like <laughs> thinking about what that person's going to think of you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I was talking with a buddy of ours, uh, Benjamin Nowak, who you probably know about. And basically early on in this, you know, serious angler brand, I was talking with Ben and I was telling him about that. Like that was one of my hurdles and Ben's been a good person for me to go to like with advice about this stuff. And he's like, he's like, dude, he goes, who cares? He goes, for the one person that might give it a thumbs down and hate it, there's a hundred other people that are going to love it and enjoy your content and come back. 
100%. So like that alone, that's like the, the thing I have in my mind with everything. Like, and that goes on to other people say like, there's people even listeners right now that are in that same track of mind, have that motto because it's true. It really is. And the 100%. people that thumbs it down or don't like it are probably people that are just jealous that you're able to do it. So. Hating. Exactly. They're haters, man. Keyboard, keyboard warriors, you know, uh, uh, and it, and, but those little thumbs down, like, again, like ticks at our ego or whatever that like, Ooh, you know, or whatever. But it's at the end of the day, if what you're doing makes you happy and makes you so stoked and that you get this feedback from certain people that are like, yo, I love what you're doing. Like that trumps everything else. And, and so, yeah, dude, I'm stoked that you kept it going. And I'm stoked that you guys are doing this because this is cool. It kind of like uh, it 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 uh, validates mm-hmm. it validates this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for anyone who wants to start a YouTube or anything like that, you know, is it's work. It's work, and the same thing with the podcast. It's work, but if you're passionate in it and you're willing to put in the time and you're willing to be consistent, hard work I, pays off. It pays off. And I'm yeah. still small peanuts, dude. In the in the the YouTube space, I got like I'm almost to three thousand subs, um, but I'm loving every single bit of it. And I've uh, you know I haven't missed a single episode in almost two years now. Uh, and okay. I do a weekly episode drop every Monday. And um, yeah, and the, the amount of people I just did, we just did a swim bait toy drive um, down in SoCal, uh, which was like a cool, like uh, Butch Brown talked at it and a bunch of the swim bait um, manufacturers came around, donated a bunch of stuff for the kids. And it was so cool because a couple people came up to me and they're like, yo, bro, like I've been following Capture Fish, like since you started the thing, man, like I've learned so much and da 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 and I'm like, it's so cool to meet people in person you know, and, and to to actually connect with these people that, you know, listen to your podcast or watch your YouTube and actually be like, dude, I loved your stuff. Or like, can you can you do more of this? Or like, you know, that's kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's always it's always really encouraging. And don't yeah. let people put you down for what you truly want to do. So dude, for hell sure. yeah. And that being said, we've been all over the place. (laughs) And I'm going to sidebar you again here after Bailey says what he wants to say, because I have a question. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I was going to plug real fast that uh, every show we like to connect our guests' social media so that people can reach out more in case there's new people that maybe don't follow or haven't heard of our guests. But uh, if you haven't tuned into the Capture Fish YouTube or Maddie's uh, social media in general, That'll be on, whether on YouTube or MP3. It'll be in the show notes, so you guys can go follow along. And highly, thank you highly so much. I just subbed, so just so yeah. you know. <laughs> one closer plus to one. three thousand plus one. So, <laughs> quick sidebar: San yeah. Diego, East County Bait and Tackle. Have you ever been to that tackle shop? East County. I can't say I have, man. It's a bad little swim bait shop. You gotta go. Really? Yeah, I went there when I was in San Diego a couple years ago. Incredible. Oh, man. Yeah, so cool. Dude, Roman so maids, cool. mega bass, like all the expensive ones. They have an entire back wall just hanging. Oh, like, that's rad. They might even had hinkles while I was there, dude. Yeah, like they had three, four, five, six hundred dollars swim baits on the back wall. Yeah, dude, hinkles are wild. Those Romans are nuts. Like, yeah, yeah I whew. for me, that's I'm like, oh, it's like right on the cusp. Like, you'll see, like, I got a couple like depths and like, and then yeah. like, uh, I slide 262s and stuff like that, but like. 
the, the, the real the real cherry ones are those lunker bunkers right there um oh. I would, like I, I just there's certain like for me i i cap off at about 150 a bait anything yeah. more than that i'm just like ooh. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, 150, i cap off at 20 bucks man <laughs> <laughs> that's because we're not in the swim bait world yeah. no i i go for savage gear I can't remember this freaking name. Shine glide. Shine glide. As far as dude, I shine glides are legit, man. They are. I ain't gonna hate on them, dude. Like my yeah, my buddy is the 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 Savage Gear rep, uh, and and he he sent me some stuff, and I got to play with it. But you know, since I'm with uh, the Mega Bass, I, I I can't really talk too much about it. But um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> no, <man>. hey, they're, <laughs> they're, hey, for people that are looking for an entry level thing, dude, it's. I think it's perfect because the more people and what I've, I think what I've come to realize and certain people are like, salty, you're spot burning. Like, oh, that's my technique. Burr, burr. Anyone that's new <laughs> to the sport that want to get into a certain technique or even into fishing and something draws them in, whether it's a swim bait or throwing a spinner bait or hooking on a mealworm by God, do do it, man. Because that only that just builds the fishing industry on a whole. That just helps everyone out at the end of the day. And yeah, there's certain people that just like hate on it because they're just like all grumpy and salty about it. It's like, no, man, the more people in the fishing, more people that, you know, that love the sport, that means they're going to spend more money. That means that supporting the brands that we love to support. And then those people get to pay out more people. And it's just, it just spreads the love around. And it just gets better, and the fish don't go anywhere, man. Unless you know, and and, and the cool thing is now everyone's kind of switched over to this whole catch and release thing, which is I think it's good and it's also bad depending on what you're looking at or what fisheries and body um, of waters and body of waters exactly. Because if you release too many, it can actually stunt the population and create totally. a smaller population of large fish. So. I, Completely, dude. I completely agree, and I, I love harvesting fish. But I mostly harvest fish out of the salt. Uh, even though I did eat a walleye for the first time recently, so and good. Did oh you cut my the cheeks? gosh! Please oh. tell me you cut the cheeks. Oh, dude, cheeks. I eat eyeballs, bro. I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I just it's it's uh yeah as long as the fish is fresh and eyeball is fair game um but like it's uh there's so much good meat and I was really surprised I was like this thing is really really tasty and also crappie too I didn't eat yeah. crappie until I moved out to California and um mm. yeah that kind of blew my mind too personally yeah. I think perch might be better than walleye really like Jack yellow perch out of the Great yeah. Lakes like 12 14 inches. Yeah. Way better than walleye. Really? Do yeah, they have like a bunch of like pin bones that you have to remove, or you just fry the whole thing? You, I, if you go to fry the whole thing, you would have to remove some pin bones. Um, yeah. But if you fillet them really good, oh, they're yeah. incredible. Oh man, okay. They're just well, smaller walleye. All right. Well, you, you're. Uh, we're gonna do a fish cookout when we when I come up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta come that. in April, right after ice out. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> or or now. Like October through December, there's a good perch bite. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I love, dude. I'm, I love eating fish. I mean, I love eating. For me, it's like, uh, I won't eat freshwater fish raw, but saltwater, like that's one of my favorite ways to eat fish. Mm -hmm. Salt, like, is, is raw sashimi poke style. That's um, pretty good. Cool. 
Yeah, I don't recommend eating freshwater fish raw. I wouldn't recommend that to anyone either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, when you guys make your northern swing, you are uh, more than welcome to to pit stop here in Buffalo if you need be. And uh, dude, that would be dude, that would be super super rad, man. That I really like. I really. Me like and Bailey that. live about eight minutes from each other, so get out. Really? Yeah, we can figure something out. Yeah, so. A little backstory on me, and I, yeah. I'm sure all of our listeners hate this by this point, but I'm a full-time guide on Lake Erie out of Buffalo, New York. No so, way! Yeah, I fish for a living. Bass from April through October, and then I steelhead fish the rest of the winter. Oh, dude! Uh, do yeah. you uh, with steelhead? Are you are you like doing drifts or? Yep, just float fishing from walking okay. wader trips. Okay. For now, next year, if I can get enough bass trips through the summer, I'm going to buy a raft. Oh, rad. You like a fly craft or something. Exactly. Stealth craft, probably like a hooligan XL or something like that. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I love, dude. I got, I got a, uh, I got an eight. Oh, God. I got an eight weight and a five weight right behind me. Um, nice. I, yeah, dude. I, I just, all of it. I don't discriminate. We're back Fishing to is- the, uh, we're back to the, I know some of these words stage. I don't oh, know what any of these words mean. So, you're like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a loop for Espanol. I fish um, a single bearing center pin float reel. So it's a single bushing. It just rotates kind of like a big float, like a big okay. fly reel, but it's with monofilament. It free spins with current. Wow. So your float gets dragged by the current and it yep. just, and the real free spins. Wow. That's so right. It's as natural as possible. Yeah. Oh, that's Fun so cool. Google. I'm going to Google 90% of these terms. You're like, what is was, this? I got my raspy voice that you can hardly hear. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my that's, gosh. That's so rad. Yeah, it's, it's that's special. I think any, you know, anyone that decides to go into the nature, to go and target fish and uh, whatever technique uh, they decide to employ, I think that just connects everyone, right? And whether or not they they understand it or they don't or they haven't experienced it, it doesn't, you know, there's no, there's no like highbrow for me in my life. Uh, and I know that, you know, certain people like fly fishermen be like, oh, you throw gear. We get that here. We like ask guys are like, oh, you have very well. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on, bro. Like, we all love being outside. Like, get off your high horse. It's like, dude, that's the thing. I just, those are the barriers that I just like, meh, I can't even like waste my time. Uh, um, I got a, I got a really good story for this. If we want to talk about fly fishermen. So, uh, have, <laughs> he's like, come at me, bro. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> since, uh, since early last April, I started working uh, full time in PR in the fishing industry. And my boss, her name is Jen Ripple. She's a badass. She's like a full time fly fisherman, uh, but she, uh, started and runs uh Dunn magazine. So she's, she's full blown in the fly world. And, uh, we are, it was like our, my first month working there. We went to spirit Lake, Iowa, where the Berkeley plant is. And we go out to, to fish one of the days out on spirit Lake, uh, which is an insanely good fishery. Like they are dumb, never seen baits before. So if you get a chance to go there, like they're just stupid, like hundred fish days, all time of year, it's, it's dumb. Uh, so either way, this time of year, they were spawning and me and Brad Rutherford, who's the pro staff manager at uh, Pure Fishing, we're going like, all right, we're going to go out. Jen, you want to come with us? She's like never caught her a bass on conventional tackle before. She wanted to catch her first one. 
We're like, yeah, it's going to be super easy. They're spawning right now. We can go catch them. She goes, what's spawning? She goes, no, that's really bad. That's really messed up. You can't catch fish spawning. She goes, off the red. And I'm like, what the hell's the red? What do you mean what's red? Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, like, apparently spawning that's what they call Yeah, for, <laughs> for, for trout. trout right? Right like, yeah. And I was like, what is a red? And she goes, spawners. That's what they call it. And I'm like, we call it beds. And she's like, no, no, it's reds. I thought she was like misinterpreting what beds were. <laughs> and we like, we went back and forth for like 20 minutes. And we, Brad and I just looked at each other and goes, we're going to go fish for spawners. Do you want to come or not? And then she ultimately came with us, went fishing for him. She's like, this feels so wrong. I'm like, we're like, but it feels so right. <laughs> they go back. I mean, it doesn't hurt the fishery. Yeah. So. No, we're like, she's like, you guys fish for spawning fish? And we're like, yeah, like bass fishing, that's a thing. Like some people are against it, but the rest of us are like, hey, I'm going to catch that dang thing. I can see it. I'm going to catch yeah. it. Yeah. It's just but, so uh, much fun. But yeah, I mean, but now, since then, I always tease her like, uh, as I got home back to New York and stuff, uh, she'd ask me what I was doing for the weekend. I was like, I'm going to go fish for spawn and fish. Like just, uh, just to screw it. But just to yeah, like, it's, it's cool. To, yeah. It's cool to see different sides of, of fishing and like fly fishing, how they have like a whole different code and like honor yeah. system and how it all works. But they're not yeah. all like that. Yeah. No, FYI. <laughs> FYI, you can tell a fly fisherman from a fly fisherman. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's kind of funny. Like, the fly fisherman is like strict to a code. Like they have two different rods. They have sinking tip, floating tip. They have yeah. flawless casting presentations. And then you get your fly fishermen that have like a four ounce weight and they're plunking. Yeah. So like yeah. there's two different types and I can, <laughs> I respect one, not the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. No, it's dude. It's, it's crazy, man. I mean, yeah. To touch on like the whole betting thing is, I think as long for with bass, like as long as like their eggs are developing way before they even get on the bed. Yeah. And as long as you're treating that fish with respect and you're not like live welling that fish. I mean, that's the only thing that's kind of tough. Cause like in like for derbs and stuff like that, when they'll do like big like yeah. tournaments during the spawn, like that's just the thing that kind of like, ah, you know, and I, I think that kind of sucks. I mean, but that's it is what it is because every at the end of the day, like everyone wants to see giant basket weighed, and, yeah. and it's just the, the 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 time of the year that it happens. But yeah, I mean, yeah the question. business side I get for sure. It's like, but like when they have a thousand boat tournaments on Lake Chickamauga during the spawn, that's where it's like, all right. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, even when I'm fish for spawning fish, like, so I fish predominantly out of a kayak just for the pure fact of well, one, it's fun, but two, I can't afford a boat, a chucking boat yet. But like when I'll fish for spawners in the kayak, especially if it's windy, I'll yeah. get blown away from that bed by the time like I can get it up. I'll keep it in my net in the water and I want to get a good picture, especially if it's a big one. So mm-hmm. I get a picture of it. By that time, I'm like, say, 30 to 50 yards away. And I'm sure it can find its way back. But like I'll make an effort to keep it in the net, pedal back to the bed and make sure it gets back to the bed. But like, cool. I mean, some stuff like that, like those big tournaments that some of it's like, yeah, I do like seeing them the scales. But the the environmentalist, the conservationist in me is like. Yeah, and we can catch those. I don't know. It's it's yeah. tough. It it goes. It's back tough. It's like it's like you gotta you're weighing out. You know this this sense of you know what's good for the sport and what's good for the fishery. Yeah, uh, personally, in my opinion, I don't think there should be any spawning tournaments just because let them do their deal. But I, I understand the money aspect side of it. Like now that I've been able to put a lot more time on the water i know how to catch fish without catching them on beds so it's become even more fun because i've learned how to target 
post-spawn and pre-spawn fish yeah, pre -spawn at the fish. same time. Oh, yeah. uh, it's dumb. Yeah, I, oh, so fun. One so of, fun. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Casey Smith, said it kind of perfect. And, like, we as fishermen love catching fish, obviously. But there's something about when you get really serious about this game that mm -hmm. there's something, there's this feeling that when you figure something out and you find those fish and it clicks and you get your first bite trying yeah. something completely new or like Off really the putting wall. the work in to do it, that there's nothing that'll beat that feeling of like, I just figured them out. And yeah. then you run that and it works and you can like everywhere on that path. Yeah. Yep. That is the best feeling ever. More than getting that tug is that feeling of like, I figured it out. Yeah. Like, Accomplishment. Like, yep. Yeah. You feel like a genius. Yeah, exactly. Boy. I was like, I am a mad genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just that's that's the like the feeling that hits the best. Yeah. Oh, but, totally, man. I, I just yeah. recently did a video um on uh, a little selfless plug uh on my go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Okay. Plug away, plug away. Um, but I do a thing uh, on how I break down. I, I think I need to change my thumbnail because it's like how to new lake fall front <laughs> with like, and it just kind of like me just pointing off. Um, but I, it's a, a lake I've never been to in Oklahoma and it was during a front and I was like, okay, I'm going to bring you guys along and I'm going to kind of talk about through my process of like what I'm doing, like what I'm doing. And I ended up getting, I, I wanted them to eat a chatterbait and a spinnerbait. Like in my head, I was like, oh, okay, four to strain. Like they're going to eat, they're going to smoke a chatterbait right now. Water's kind of tannic, like game on. No, they ended up, they wanted, they wanted a jerkbait coming out of the grass and I wrecked them and it was super, super fun uh, as soon as I figured it out. And then I just kept like putting it down because I'm like, ah, like people like in locally that, you know, that, that know me and, and, and follow the channel know that I love throwing a rip bait. It's one of the techniques that I've done growing up in Hawaii and something that's followed with me all the way till now. Uh, something that I'm like, extremely confident in. And so I was like, ah, I don't want to keep throwing it because everyone's going to be like, yo, of course you got into rip bait bite. <laughs> and so I picked up a swim jig and I ended up like getting a couple on a swim jig, but it is no, I, I actually had to switch out my trailer. And that's what actually they wanted a, a cross style trailer versus like a boot, ta uh, a, a boot ta tail. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's fun when you can go to a new body of water and break it down and, and figure it out. Kind of like going back to like connecting, but I, I wasn't able to really, I was like almost getting blown off my boat because the wind was, they would have gusts. Like it would be like 20, 15, 20 miles per hour. And then a gust of like 40 would blow through and almost, yeah, almost blow me off my boat. And I'm like, dude, we don't get this kind of like, uh -uh. <laughs> I'm the only one out on this small lake. I should be careful because I'm on my way to the nationals and I don't want to get blown off. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mess. I that wild dude so what kind of angler would you say you are i mean are you a finesse guy a power fisherman like what do you what if you had to classify oh uh, I, I i like to power fish i mean who doesn't right right um it's tough you know when people ask that question because it's you know i i am what i need to be for that time like I will pick up a rod with five pound test and drop shot and, and be completely content. I mean, obviously in the back of my head, I want to catch them on a swim bait or like something like that, you know, I, but I, I, I'm not afraid to pick up a spinning rod and go to town. Like I, I'm not, I'm not like the guy that's like, ah, fairy one. Like, I, like, dude, it's a tool. 
Yeah. Well, you <laughs> you knocked the fairy no, wands? No, no, it's just funny because like circling back, I got on Lake Erie, so ninety percent of the fishing I do is fairy wand fishing. But I'm like, I, love it, I just want to get out and crank. Like I want to crank yeah. throw a chatterbait, jig yeah. fish. Like Bailey yeah. makes fun of me all the time. He's like, Why do you want to go largemouth fishing? You can go catch small. He's like, Because I'm bored. Yeah, it's like, dude, because <laughs> like, I have a spinning rod in my hand all the time. I want to like swing a jig hook or something. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah, and see, uh, I'm like the opposite. I, I love having a spinning rod in my hand. There's something about finessing to me that's so much fun. Dude, oh, so much right. fun. Like, yeah. The sound of drag, bro, on a spinning rod, <laughs> like just that doesn't get old. Like that's yeah. just something that's so pure in that moment that it just will never get old. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I love to power fish. I love to, you know, I love to finesse fish. I love to throw big baits, but I just think there's a time and a place for everything. Um and I even like to fly fish, but it's like, again, I want to be like hiking in some magical like space, you know, to throw a fly rod. But like, besides mm-hmm. that, I, I just, I do it all. I vertical jig when I'm back home in Hawaii in 200 feet for Amberjack. Like I just dude, love man. fishing. That's my saltwater, like top up my bucket list. Bro, let's go, dude. <laughs> Both of you guys. Dude, if you guys are ever out in Oahu and I'm there, I'll put you guys on some crazy stuff, man. We'll have fun. Like Andy, your vertical going, your, your shoulder gets sore, but like you're vertical jigging in like two, three hundred feet. And when you hit one, it, it it feels like you hit a brick wall. Like it feels like you snapped it. It's ripping vertical jigging, right? It's where you drop it down, you reel it up real fast and pause it and kill it I, and drop it back can, down. That's one that's one technique. Like reel, 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 and like sometimes they'll eat it, but I'm doing one, 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 stop, one, one, stop, one, 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 one. And then and like, also you, it's like, oh god. And then you're just holding on. Oh god. Yeah, screw the gym, man. I want to do that. Oh dude, you're oh you're toast. Like I, I say like uh you catch two two that are like 20 pounds, like even if you hook into one that's like you know, even like a yeah, a 20 pounder, bro, will, will put you to work. And they'll Fine. and if you're if you're if you can't turn their head, they'll go straight underneath the cave and cut you off. Or you'll get one up like 200 feet and then a shark will come and just maul it, and you're like, oh, oh, that's a shark. <laughs> Son of a no, that's insane. Because you yeah, got because yeah, cool. you got a hammer on them to get them in before the shark comes. Because there's yeah. so many sharks. Yeah, and and th- that's where you know that the, the the reef is really healthy, right? Is when there are a healthy healthy population of sharks. But mm-hmm. yeah, like that's we cool. used to do this thing growing up called slide bait, and you hike along the cliffside uh, that breaks off into pelagic water, so like 60, 80 feet deep of water, and there's like open ocean swells smashing against the cliff. And there's a, where the old timers uh, would build huts and drill holes into the side of the, the, the cliffs. And you go out with 12 to 14 foot rods that were traditionally bamboo, but you put on a big, like, uh, like four-aught pen senator boat reel. Um, and you cast eight to 10 ounce leads. And you get them hung up in the reef. It's not, I mean, again, being the environmentalist, like you hang, you actually hang up a lead purposely in the reef and then you get a clip. Uh, and it basically like, it's a, it's like a curly cue with like a snap at the end and you clip it on your line. Like once your line's taut, like really taut, clip it on your line and you slide your bait down. So you slide down an octopus, you slide down a, a, a live bait, um, whatever it is. And you tie down all your stuff with rope and you put a big cowbell on your rod and you go back to your camp 
and you're within like an earshot of of the of the lineup as we call and you basically wait and it's like saltwater catfishing in a way and yeah, it's uh, catching big amberjacks yeah and so if you go and like look well not amberjack um but gts so we call them uh, uh, yeah. So any anything over ten pounds yeah, in the trevally, you call them ulua, and then if they're smaller than ten pounds, you call them papil. It's just a juvenile, whatever. Freaking awesome fish! Oh, they're so powerful! They're so fun, man. And like, especially like in the middle, like they'll you'll go to sleep in a hut, or you'll go to sleep in like a tent that you make, and like after you like cooked up some food and like maybe drank a couple beers with your friends and like just like hanging out, talking story, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, it's like karang karang karang. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear like the the drag of a big boat reel Screaming. going, and you everyone like uh, uh, like wipes their eyes, like turns on their headlamp, and everyone like t- everyone ties their rods differently with like uh, um, reflective tape. Yeah, and so everyone has a different pattern, and so that's like it's like yo Weston, it's your pole, and then, uh, like okay, uh, you run out and then you like grab your buddy like by his jacket, and you make sure that like he's not gonna go over because you know because yeah, they're pulling so hard. It's and people die, man. Like I lost a buddy two years ago, sly baiting out on the cliffs. And so it was, it's one of those things like it's, it's hardcore, dude. It's nuts. You know, like a wave will come up and take out a whole cliff and like, it will go all the way up to the huts in certain areas or will wash out an entire ledge. Like I can't tell you. Yeah. Freaking incredible. GTs, yeah, man, and they don't even—they don't even taste that good. It's yeah. all like it's all for They're the just flex. Pure power, yeah. yeah. But, Have you ever watched a Grand Trevally video, Bailey? Oh yeah, yeah. They're insane, dude. Movie. There's there's one that you guys got to see if you haven't seen it already. I think it's like Planet Earth or Blue Planet. I forgot what what the doc was, but they 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 video these GTs up in I think the um, the Northwest Hawaiian Islands. Um, and they're jumping out of the water eating frigate birds. <laughs> Jeez, I have seen that. That thing dude, is- they are insane. They're like just such apex predators, man. Like so, when people like get all finessey, they're like, "I only slide mono." I'm like, "Why do you slide mono?" They're like, "Well, because um, if the moon's big, they can see the wire." And I'm like, "You really think they care about wire?" <laughs> <laughs> dude they're vacuum cleaners bro they see something that smells good or that's kicking like gone yeah it's gone. my dream saltwater trip is i want to go to costa rica chasing rooster fish oh dude i still have i want to catch one so bad yeah those things are insane and they catch them on top if i remember correctly too yeah yeah they you catch them on top water. Um, my buddy robert fields I think he does like our fields on uh on youtube he he like has like a place down in panama yeah. Um, and uh, they go and catch like rooster fish all the time, and so he's like posting that stuff. I'm all like, right. dude, you suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> and those big like feather fins on top of them—they <sighs> just look surreal. So cool. They're just so cool. Yeah. Well, but, dude, yeah. uh, I wanted to backtrack really fast and just say, yeah, sorry, about, sorry about your friend, man. That's yeah, that's, that's things. If there's a way yeah. to go out, I mean, at least he went out doing something pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, it was a it was a tragic one. It was like one of those ones you just you just don't ever expect it, and exactly. and you yeah. uh, I I wasn't there, so I didn't really. It it was it was rough for my other buddy who was like was there and like actually yeah. had to witness it. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Life's too short, dude, and do it do it doing the things that you really enjoy. Uh, and I know he went out doing 
what he exactly loved to do. So uh, yeah. just adds Thanks another either way. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does suck. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, well, dude, getting uh, I don't want to add any depressing mantra to, to this show, but I uh, just okay. wanted to make sure that was known that we didn't just skim over, yeah. <laughs> over that. Apologies. No I'll take the fall on that one. All good. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, but I, I wanted to, to build on what we were talking about earlier as you as an, as an angler. And, you know, now that you're an elite series pro and, you know, you could take it a second to you know, take that in again, that yes, that's, that's real. Um, yeah, but uh, now all of all these pros, you hear people talk about, you know, it basically now, you're, you know, you're building your legacy. I think mm-hmm. is really what it is. You, you know, these guys that when they exit the sport or like they do something in the sport, they're known as, you know, you know, we'll use Aaron Martins, for example, like finesse guru. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are known for. And you're like Jason Christie. He's like a power fish. He's a spinnerbait jig guy. That's what he's known for. If there's a technique that you're going to be known for either one, what do you I mean? I want to really ask what you think it'd be, but what do you want that to be? That's a great question, man. That's a great question. Uh, I didn't think any of this would be the question that would stump him tonight. Yeah, Me either, I, but wow. Yeah, I just you know that's it's it, it's a it's it, it's a it's a it's an impactful question because, like you said, legacy. And when I think of legacy, I think of legends, uh, and I think of people that I look up to. Like I look up to, like KVD. I look up to uh, Brandon Polinick. I look up to. Uh, Aaron Martins, obviously, uh, and 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 the greats before them, you know, like Bill Dance throwing a spinnerbait, or Roland Martin, or Jimmy Houston, like, uh, and and you know, Aaron, you know, being just an absolute beast at drop shotting, like, was an absolute beast at frog fishing. Right, that's what people are talking about. Is like he's an insanely good flipper. And no one really he's incredible him. at flip. And you go back and you watch like the Havasu, Havasu footage, like the Havasu footage of him flipping. Like what? Like it. And then that's the thing that, and, and I think what stumps me is it's tough because when you get labeled as a, 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 an apex, this or an apex that it, it puts you into a, a hole or a pigeonhole. And, and that's all people think about you. Mm-hmm. And and I just want to be remembered as like the kid that came on tour and just shook stuff up from Hawaii, you know. Like I, 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 I don't. I, I just bubble float. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just want to. Uh, one, I want to enjoy my time that I have on tour. I want to make connections with incredible people and nurture new relationships. I want to learn and learn and learn and learn new techniques. I want to learn new bodies of water. Every single right, body of water. Yeah, and, and it's just to, just to soak it all in, and and to really answer the question, I, I can't say that I have a single technique that I do want to be known for, um, because I, I want people to remember, or I want, and uh, it sounds so morbid, it's like when I'm gone, I want I want people to be able to remember me as like this all around fisherman, who just loved the sport, and and and. It loved bass fishing, obviously, but also loved saltwater fishing and, and, and just love being in nature and love connecting people with each other who also love fishing. You know, like, I think that's like the gift of being like an angler, right, is, mm-hmm. is sharing that experience with someone else. And eventually I want to have a family. I don't I don't have like I don't have kids. I don't got like 
a serious girlfriend. I don't got a wife, you know, I'm, I'm dude. I'm, I, I, I want to eventually, and I, and I want them to be like, man, like that dude, dad did this. That was so cool. Cause you know, he taught me how to fish and I, I love fishing now or like, you know, or someone else, like even when you, if you teach any kid how to fish and the stoke that they get in the fire that you can like, you watch them or like they light up when anyone, even they could be 70 years old if they've never went fishing for the first time and they get a fish and they're pulling drag, dude, They'd be lying if they look at you and say that they're, this is boring because yeah. they light up mm-hmm. whether or not they're pre, like their, 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 their preconceived notion of fishing is like bobber fishing on a, on a dock sitting there for hours and just drinking beer. And then they go out with a bass fisherman and see like, wow, you actually have to be like pinpoint accurate with these casts and present this thing perfectly. They get a whole different perspective and a whole new like relationship with it until they even catch one and it blows their mind. And, and that's the moment that you like, boom, that was cool. I just made a difference in your life. And yep. you can't hooked, hooked. <laughs> gut hooked, bro. Yeah. Like, like cut <laughs> yeah. the line, let that thing rust out. Cause you're stuck, dude. Like it's, right. yeah, it's just one of those things. So it's, that's a, that's a really, it's a, it's a trick question. I, uh, I wish I had a straight answer, but you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about it. No, I think that's the perfect answer. I, I respect the hell out of that, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I think that just yeah. shows your, your love for, for the fishery uh, and the sport we have. But, like, it, you kind of hit it on the head, too. It's like I, I don't want to be around the people that don't light up more. Like, when they see someone else catch a fish, they don't light up more than when they catch a fish. I don't yeah. want to be around somebody that doesn't light up like that. Like, when, like I get more excited when I see other people catch fish than when <laughs> I catch fish. <laughs> Like, if you're not like that, I don't know if I want to hang out with you. Like, yeah, no, like you're just like, you just suck if you're like, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, unless you're on the backseat of my boat during a tournament and you're sacking them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, besides a tournament situation. Yeah. If, yeah. Hey, dude, even, yeah. and even in, and you'll see the tournament uh, footage come out because I'm going to slowly, I'm slowly releasing it. I, I haven't been able to fish recent, like, basically ever since the win, I've been um, just, balls to the wall like working on my laptop meetings and podcasts and whatnot so i actually haven't been able to fun fish at all um but i know it will all i'll, I'll have plenty of fishing time coming very <laughs> a lot of fish time. <laughs> um, and uh and so i i am releasing it uh this this coming monday's episode um will be the first actually my first practice video um on a Wachita river and uh and so people will start to see my process um I actually kind of uh, I'm, I'm doing a part series of it and people can go back and kind of see from like when I left Ventura and started the road trip and kind of like kind of come on this journey with me. Uh, and then I'm going to go all the way to winning the thing. And it's funny because after I won it, it was like a spoiler. I actually don't even talk to the camera like at all because I, I, after then I was just completely inundated with like emotion and, and, and just by everything else. Um, and I kind of kick myself now looking back, like I really wish I had had, like I vlogged that reaction, but I think people will see um, through whether it's my friend's reaction videos or it was my own reaction video on stage if or, you know, anything after, like how impactful that win meant to me and and how much like that really changed my life. It's, uh, you know, I'm excited to share it with everyone else. And so, yeah, dude, it's, it's a crazy journey, dude. And I'm excited and I want to, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Sweet. I can't wait to, I can't wait to watch it. 
That'll be really good. And I go back and watch the other stuff. <laughs> oh, and that'll be binged. Trust me. Okay, um, sweet deal. But hopefully that alone, like that channel is creating a lot of, you know, Maddie Wong fans, but uh, you created two new Maddie Wong fans here tonight. And hopefully this show oh, yeah. thousands more. So I, a little sub bar here. That's one thing I love about this is all the people that we get to meet because yeah. I just find myself subbing everybody's YouTube and putting yeah. notifications on. So mm-hmm. as soon as a new video drops, I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. Cause I know yeah. once you hit a certain point, how much it helps as well. It really so, does. Yeah. Yeah. Really does. Well, dude, that, that means a lot. Thank you, Bailey. And, and, and thank you, Andy. Like I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, no problem. That's Sick. what we do this thing for is one, cause we like to learn. We like to talk to people like you that actually know how to fish so that we can yeah. learn more about fishing. But then it also gives, you know, people platforms to, to teach and also, you know, kind of build their brand and yeah. spread awareness to a brand. Like it's pretty cool. The messages we get over time of like, Hey, I've never really heard of this guy before and just started watching all his content. And then you see them commenting on their stuff about learning stuff. And that yeah. was the whole goal from the beginning. It's just yeah. to, to teach, not it's like it's all, a way for us. All to about network. The same time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And that's, that's the cool thing, like uh, about this age. I mean, yeah, you have, we have all the negatives that come with it. Like there's definitely the negative side to social media. There's definitely the negative sure. side to over uh, the, the over amount of Im- like uh, information, right. That's I on the internet. Too. Yeah. But, but we can also take the positives too. Right. And, um, and like mm-hmm. you said, it's about connecting people with other like-minded individuals who love the sport and love the community and want to be able to reach out. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, if I'm available to answer anyone's questions or a DM, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm about that. Like I know other people in this industry, like once they blow up, like, it's like, they're like, Oh dude, like they don't even, they leave everyone on, on red. And like, it's like, I, like I'm so stoked and so humbled to be in my position and if I can encourage or if I can inspire anyone else who's like fishing grassroots Bass Nation derbs to like do it and like just persevere because there's the chance, dude. As long as your line's in the water, you have a chance. As long as you're out there doing it, there's a chance. Like it can happen. And 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 I I, I want to be the – I am the proof of it, man. Like I did not think if I were going to ask myself this going into it, like – that my life would be changing and I would be getting rid of this whole apartment that I literally just set up like less than a year ago. Like I would laugh and then I would start crying. <laughs> it was like, it's oh, yeah, man. Yeah. My life changed. Um, but, and, and also another thing, um, visualize, uh, and the importance of visualization and, and the importance of staying positive and that, Ooh. and that the, the worst, thing, dude, the worst thing you can do is self doubt. And the worst thing you can do is talk down on yourself. And so I want to encourage just like, like anyone and everyone to like, as soon as you start to pull in any type of negativity in your head. And sometimes I have to listen to my own advice too, um, is that's the most cancerous thing you can do to yourself and your dreams is to, to self doubt yourself. And, um, and so, you know, build yourself up and, and, and set goals that are higher than what you think. And on my dry race board and I, and I, I use, I have two of them. Um, and one of them is my calendar. Uh, on when I, when I had the nationals up there, uh, and it was something I was looking forward to, to the whole year, I, right above the nationals um, time spot, I, I wrote a giant win above the nationals. Yeah. And um, you self willed it. 
Dude, it's crazy, man. And and there's and there's I it happened twice before I even got there. Um, once I was in Albuquerque on the way there, I just froze my ass off all night um, in a, in a, like trying to sleep in a, in my truck. It was like 30 degrees. I know it's not cold for you guys, but I was freezing. But it's like, pretty chilly, but good sleeping weather. Yeah, great sleeping. So I wake up and I'm driving, and I I look over my passenger seat, which was empty, and I visualized a trophy with a seatbelt around it, and and oh, I yeah. and I envisioned that, and and then when I got to which is going to come out, I think next week Monday, when I got to nationals, when I walked up to the meeting there's a mandatory angler meeting that i almost missed um the the boat was in front and i and i made a joke to my buddy which was kind of also not a joke i was like hey look my boat's here <laughs> <laughs> and like when i like listened back on the video i was like oh my gosh this is wild <laughs> perfect it's perfect <laughs> yeah, it's wild wow so awesome. that, that mentality can you know, Andy and I've talked about it a little bit on the show is that that could be correlated to any facet of life, but uh, from a tournament standpoint too. And I think, I think it was Palinik that said it, that, you know, the week leading up to a tournament, when he, before he goes to bed, he's visualizing the win every yeah. night before that tournament, because if you're not in the mindset of to win and be successful, then you've already lost. Yep. Like on tournament morning, you're sitting there, you're like, Oh crap. Like so-and-so's fishing, like we're even saying a chance today. Like yep. if you have those thoughts in your head, and you're yeah. gonna try to be successful in tournament fishing, don't even bother. Like yeah. it's just yeah, that's not the right track mind at all. Agreed. Yeah, dude. I talked to Brandon earlier today. He's kind of kind of like I was picking his brain about rigging and stuff like that. And he's been like, it's crazy because I'm like, bro, like you're the legend that I'm gonna call up on the phone now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're you want he's he's such a cool dude. Um, but I'm like the like you said, his his mindset and the way that he attacks things, I'm like. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to like nurturing a, a friendship with him, um, you know, going forward. And 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 everyone that I've talked to so far on, on the elites have been like more than like super rad and receptive people. Uh, John Cruz, like Zaldane, like all these dudes, like just so freaking cool that I'm like, yes, <laughs> like I'm just like stoked, you know, to know like because you know there's when you meet people online or or when you when you when you watch people online and whatnot you have an like idea how that person's going to be in real life but you can't really like put it together until you get to meet them um and 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 so for me to like actually have these conversations with them on the phone i'm like dang dude like i'm stoked that you're that person (laughs) you know like Because there's certain celebrities that you meet and you're like, dude, you suck. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you. I liked you before. You suck. But, but uh, awesome. yeah, dude. But uh, Andy, you got anything left for Maddie here before we hit him with our last question? Just real quick. Mm-hmm. What is going to go through your mind? I know it's hard to say when you roll up to that first Elite Series event of the year. Your first tournament day, what do you think is going to go through your head? Oh, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the like, last thing I want going you pull, you pull your boat in. You got Rick Clun on the left and Brandon Polinick on your right. Like You're oh, like, oh, God. I, it's going to be a fun episode to watch, so tune in. Uh, no, I, I just <laughs> – I prelude. think it's, it, it's a dream come true, man. It it really is. I've, you know, it, 
watching bass fishing, you know, for a while and, and, and enjoying tournament fishing and, and learning like tournament fishing, like, and seeing these guys on TV and, and watching, you know, the fact that I get to fish against these guys now and actually put my, like what I've accumulated on my short time on this earth up against what these guys have done and what they're continue to do. Like, I'm just excited. Like I'm, I'm pumped because I'm like, either I sink or I swim. Like, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be something, man. And like, going two to years, Florida, right? I get two years, minimal two years, which is exciting. Um, I get, you know, and hopefully I get to, re- hopefully, which is another one of my goals is I want to requalify for the classic for next, next year. Uh, yeah. I think it's more so for me when I get to the classic at Hartwell, it's going to be like a, a big moment for me. Um, awesome. I'll be pre-fishing on my birthday. Um, and awesome. it's the best birthday present I could possibly think of, you know, like pre-fishing for the classic. Like it's, I, I've never been to a classic personally. I've only watched them on TV. Um, and so the fact that the first classic I get to go to is, the one I'm fishing is is pretty special, man. And so, absolutely, that's the classic is a lot of fun. And uh, dude, that's I'm, I'm pumped because I'll, I'll be able to see you there. I'll be working that event, so we'll, I'll make time to come find you, um, dude. Yeah, that'll, please. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, Andy, anything left before we hit him with the last question? Go ahead, man. All right, so this is the last question uh, of the night, and it's the okay. one that we ask at the end of every show. With somebody that uh, is new, it's their first time on the show. Okay, and that is if you could sit down with three individuals, they could be currently present, alive a thousand years ago. It doesn't matter; it doesn't have to even have to be the fishing industry. Um, so you could sit down with three individuals, have a beer, have a steak, pick their brain. What three individuals are you gonna invite? Hmm. I always enjoy that's, the dead air after this question. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that complete is, dead air. I watch like the larynx there kind of jump. He's like, hmm, I really got to think about this one. <laughs> no, because I, I want to give a good answer. I want to give a good, honest answer, you know? Um, yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Jamie Foxx will DJ this occasion as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have that in. And who would your DJ be? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, you know, I, you know, I think one of them would be my grandfather. Um, I I never got to meet the guy. Mm. Um, and so I've always, you know, I've heard stories from, uh, my aunts and uncles or family, like what he was like, or, you know, and, and, and what characteristics or mannerisms or whatnot. So I think that, I think that would be one of them um be interesting uh to kind of see what things i've picked up just so like i guess heret like uh, genetically or hereditarily like uh, similarities there um bruce lee would be really cool um i don't think we've ever gotten bruce lee on this show nope not that all right sorry carry on uh not only because, you know, he's, you know, his Hollywood persona, legendary icon, whatever, but 
the the fact of his perseverance through his childhood and what he went through um like growing up in the streets of hong kong and then and then actually like you know being like kind of like you know teased and beat up and then like being like a bully almost and then also like finding a way to like like change that and then turn it into something positive and then to create the career that he did and with the mindset that he had um i think is is so I think when there's certain people in this world and there's there's very there's definitely some that are still alive but when they speak they speak with such intention um it, it's so inspirational and you can draw so much from it whether you're like taking in the words that they're saying or just being in their presence and feeling their energy uh I think that there's and I think ever anyone can attest to this like even if it's like a professional like athlete that you look up to whether it's fishing or if it's football or whatever like when you're around someone that you know, like how much they've accomplished and what they're like, how, like, like Kelly Slater, for instance, like if you, for me, surfing's a huge thing. Kelly Slater is one of the great ones in surfing. Like when I talk to Kelly and I've, I've got to talk to him uh, once, it, just his energy and his presence, like, is just like mind blowing. And, and then you also find like the human characteristics that make them like personable and whatnot, but then to get inside of like, or to try to understand like how does some, how does someone tick or why do they tick or whatnot? So I'd say my, my grandfather, I'd say Bruce Lee, the last one, man, has me stumped, dude. Uh, the first two like kind of came to mind like right away. Um, and they could be alive, dead a thousand years ago or a thousand years. And like, what about in the present? Yeah. yeah, that's it, fine. Exactly. Anyone. It could be a, a fictional character for all I care. A fictional character. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You know, and I'm sure this is something that you guys probably didn't also have either, is it would be interesting to have a beer with myself. Mm. Like how far ahead? Like 30 years ahead. Damn. Like if I make it that far, you know, like if I live that long. Deep, deep. Hell yeah. I think that's the best three we've ever gotten. I don't think I ever said that. And that alone is like sick. Thank you, man. Deep thought. That's a very deep thought. Here's a random question for you guys. And I think you've probably heard the question before, but like if you had the opportunity to know when you're going to die, would you take it or would you not want to know? I wouldn't want to know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know what I'd want. You, you'd like, live if like I knew, if I knew, then yeah. I could schedule out everything I want to do before I die. But if I didn't, <laughs> what if I don't schedule it right? Like, yeah, yeah. Then you live with regret. But then if you also, if you don't know, you know, I, I don't know. That's that's a tricky one because then you're playing with uh, you're playing with mortality in a, in a way that a mortal isn't supposed to play with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, true. You're like, yeah, yeah. If it's like you can't, you can't die until then. And you're like, all right, try me. Hold my beer. Yeah, try me. <laughs> Hold my beer, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh my good. gosh, that's great, well, dude. Uh, seriously, thank you so much for taking almost two yeah. hours out of your night to uh, to chat with us, talk fishing, no, letting us learn sure. about you, and uh, teaching me a whole crap ton about Hawaii fishing. And, yeah, uh, I think course. there's a trip that we need to schedule in the 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 future here but uh 
I'll tell you this: my wife would kill me if I went to Hawaii without her. So, uh, well, there's there's ways of making sure the missus is happy. We'll like yes. you know, set her up on a beach somewhere with like you know a thing of mai tais and you know, <laughs> put some headphones gonna... in and just creep away. Yeah, just like, all right, babe, I'll be right back. And then you know, and then... six hours later, <laughs> six hours later. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. No, it was a pleasure talking with you guys. Yeah, you know, thanks, and, buddy. and I've I've done a few podcasts um, already, and 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 I, I really enjoyed uh, talking with you guys. Um, you know, especially those questions that you've um, you know posed to me. One and two, uh, you kind of let me also go off on my crazy tangents, which I tend to do. And I'm sorry to yeah. listeners if if I sounded a bit We're uh, built on tangents, man. That's dude, the whole like platform. Yeah, <laughs> but, our platform yeah, no, is tangents. I had a I had a blast. And, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, and, uh, and safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I got a, a lot of road time ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, you do. You are now a uh, full-time trucker, part-time fisherman. Congrats. Dude, speaking of a truck, I guess the last thing the last thing I'll throw out there, and I just literally thought about it now, um, I do not have a tow vehicle. Um, oh, no. I, did, I didn't win a tow vehicle like the previous Bass Nation winners get. Yeah. Um, so uh, if anyone out there in internet lands uh, just so happens to know someone trying to get rid of, uh, you know, even if it's a secondhand truck, uh, I'm, I have a forerunner right now and I know if it comes down to it, uh, I was talking, when I was talking to Brandon earlier, he's like, he's like, Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I'm like, whoof, like, you're right. Like I, I made it to Louisiana with the forerunner. Um, but you now know, what you're getting a ranger. Ooh, that'd be tough with a forerunner. It's dude, I'm I'm picking it up in Vegas with my forerunner, and I know I'm gonna be like limping back. Um because my previous ranger is a 1990 and it's a 17 foot 10 inch, not with a 250 on it. And you know, so it's if you're going through Vegas, would you go through Arizona at all by chance? Um uh, I don't know. Not sure. I don't know my map. Probably not. Yeah, I think you'd be cutting through no. No, I wouldn't be no. going to Arizona. No, I don't think. Well, I can, either way, uh, I can connect you with Bertrand to see if there's anyone that's selling their truck down that way. No, Bertrand's a good dude. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm just, I just want to put my feelers out there. I know the 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 universe will work itself out, and however its mystic ways, it will do its things. And if I have to go to Carf. Bonna or whatever and like trade in my my truck to i i just figured i'd just throw it out there um just as just a, a someone jumping into this uh next couple of years of my life and um for some reason all the dealers have just like dried up <laughs> and uh and and it's really hard to find a truck now um but yeah yeah, just yeah. a little to the to the two thousand to twenty five hundred people that'll listen or watch this. If you guys know anyone selling a truck, <laughs> hit me up, bro. DM me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so silly. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, that's brutal. Hey, you you you, lo- you you miss every shot that you don't take, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it's. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, Please. dude, for real. Uh, thank you a ton for coming on and dropping knowledge. And yes, uh, thank you. this will not be, you know, obviously if you're willing, this will not be the last time that you'll be. Of course, on bro. Let's, let's, let's do it. Channel. Yeah. Um, let's do it after I've done a couple elites and we'll circle back. And it'd like to be like kind of fun to listen to both and like how my perspective is, if it's changed, if it hasn't, you know, 
<laughs> I like that. Let's do it. Let's set that up. Yeah. It'd be awesome. fun. Well, uh, Andy and I are going to close it out here, but uh, we will let you go and give you your night back. But uh, seriously, thank you for dedicating two hours to talking to us hooligans. It's been a pleasure, man. Same thank here, guys. Sure. Thank you again. Have a good night. Right. We'll too. see it. Dude, this is this is the part I love about the sport is just like one, like you mentioned earlier, like the networking, they get to know people. But like it's it's cool to see different people from different regions and kind of how they intertwine and kind of seeing how you can get somebody that can commingle everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but I will say that, that brings up another good point too, is it's cool to watch professional bass fishing become like more diverse in terms of where people come from. Like oh, people 100%. always think of bass fishing as the Southeastern Southern, Southern sport when, you know, now you got guys, you got a, a, the guy who from the north, the Midwest, that won AOI last year. You have very prevalent big name anglers from the northeast. You have the Carolinas, which are a powerhouse now. Canadians, South, southeast, and Australians. Canadians. Yeah, I think Chris Johnston. Uh, I think he was what he was second in AOI last year. Yeah, and then I think in like Bass Fan Rankings, they have him in like top five in mm-hmm. the world. Uh, and then you got guys obviously out in the west, the the, the northwest. Hawaii, Japan, Australia. Dude, it's freaking cool to watch the sport grow. Like right South Africa, eyes. Italy. Like it's it's becoming a worldwide sport. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes an Olympic sport here soon. That's what's really cool. Cause I think some I'm trying to remember who exactly oh it was it was I'm so dumb. It's it was Drew. Us. It was us. Yeah, yeah. Did that it, was show. Us, <laughs> it was us and Drew Gregory. We were talking about it. Yeah, we were talking about kayak fishing and yep. now that could be a sport in itself as well, like in terms of a of a, a global scale. But yeah. uh, dude, it's just cool to watch. And I just from speaking with Matt tonight, I know he's going to be a great pioneer for the sport, and I think he's going to do amazing things from Agreed. Uh, where he came from over in Hawaii and that, that, that western um, that western culture for fishing and what he's going to do in professional bass fishing. Dude, just yep. the way he's been carrying himself, uh, you can tell he's going to be very successful. In this yeah, I, I can't wait to follow his career path. It's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I'm excited for him. It's been a pleasure to talk to him. I can't wait to meet him at the Classic, and hopefully we can get to we can get up here to uh, go fishing up in the Northeast. Uh, but it's going to be pretty cool to to keep up with his his career. So, uh, but yeah, dude, I'm excited to get him back on a show because I have so many more questions. <laughs> yeah, and somebody find him a truck besides a somebody runner. find the mad a damn truck, would you? <laughs> I will give $50 if you came from this podcast and you find him a truck and it works out. I'll give you 50 bucks. Right. Same. I'll double up that ante. There you go. You got a hundred bucks. If you find Matt a truck, <laughs> help this man out. <laughs> it took the small mouth from him in Hawaii. Right. He's gone through enough trauma. <laughs> oh man. I feel for him. I know. But uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, again, for folks that, if in case you skim through the introduction, we are uh, very excited for 2022. We have more announcements to make, but we are very excited to work with the amazing folks at Blackfish Gear. It's yeah. been an awesome partnership already, uh, just from the behind the scenes communication with them, talking with them. It's been really cool, and uh, we're pretty excited to see what 2022 can bring. We have a lot of stuff to un- unveil for you guys, and it's going to unveil for itself, you know, here in the next month or two. We'll obviously let things out for you. We got some series coming in the works. We got new different production stuff that we're really excited for. Fantasy fishing is going to be huge for us this year. If you have not already, 
make sure you guys go join our group. We have over $500 in prizes with much room to grow on that. Uh, we still haven't even gotten the fully everything developed from our sponsors and what we want to do for fantasy fishing, but it's going to be really cool production. Every show we're going to do is going to be live. So you guys can tune in, tell us if we're stupid for some of our picks, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're going to have weekly giveaways for each show. It's going to be wicked cool. So make sure you guys join in on that group, join in on the, uh, the Monday night lives for that. Uh, we're just super pumped for 2022. We're taking this brand to a whole awesome. other level. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, but I have to say it's all credit to our guests, our amazing guests that come on here and spend the time with us. We don't pay anybody. Uh, hopefully people don't ask us for payment because we're broke. <laughs> but we, we truly enjoy uh, the knowledge. We just like talking fishing. Yeah, just like talking fishing. So Andy, you got anything else to, to close us out with here? See you, folks. All right, folks. We will see you guys on Monday Night Live. Peace. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.